Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. It is Shep Hyken here with another week of Amazing Business Radio. Very excited today because we have back for a second time, John Rossman, who is the author of a brand new book called Think Like Amazon. And who doesn't want to think like Amazon? Uh, because they're so successful. I love what they've done. Uh, I love how they've created a confidence, even though they're a completely digital company. And let me tell you, if a digital company can create confidence with the customers the way they have, imagine the opportunity you have to create confidence when you're actually interacting with your customers. It's takes it to a whole nother level. Now, before we get to John, just a few important announcements. Number one, if you want your story told or you want to ask a question and have it answered, please go to any one of the social media outlets you like to use, like Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, wherever, and just find me, uh, Twitter, I'm at Hiken. Otherwise, just type in Shep Hiken. Even on Instagram, send a post, play, put a picture up there and say, I have a question. I'll answer it. Just make sure you use the hashtag, ask. Shep. And the other thing is, as uh, you know, I'm very excited. We have that TV show, uh, Be Amazing or Go Home. You can find it on Amazon Prime, Roku, Apple TV, C-Suite TV, uh, and even YouTube. It's everywhere where you can watch. And if you can't watch, we'll find a place that you can. So make sure you check it out, Be Amazing or Go Home. It's titled after the book I wrote, uh, titled Be Amazing or Go Home. All right, time to get into John Rossman, who I mentioned is the author of Think Like Amazon, 50 and a Half Ideas to Become a Digital Leader. Now, you need to know that he didn't just like observe this. He was in it. He was an executive at Amazon where he launched and scaled what is called the marketplace. And that means other companies, other retailers, individuals that have something to sell, they go on to the Amazon marketplace and they become part of the whole Amazon website. So I'm sure I'm not doing justice to what it actually is because as I'm doing this interview, I'm smiling at John because we're doing this via video, even though you're only hearing it, he's giving me this look. <laughs> I don't know, but it's a good look, I think. John, welcome back to Amazing Business Radio. Shep, thanks for having me. You're doing a great job uh, of explaining it. And, and I was at Amazon a long time ago. I did get to launch and scale the marketplace business. I also ran enterprise services where we ran other large retailers, e-commerce infrastructure. So I had responsibility for Target.com, Toys R Us, and a other, bunch of other great brands. But when I left Amazon in late 2005 and started working with my clients on making digital change happen, I started to see the impact of all the little strategies and mechanisms and nuances of how we thought about opportunities and problems and how we organized and how we held each other accountable at Amazon. And I started to insert those into my client work. And that over the past you know, eight years, I've gotten to talk to hundreds of audiences, worked with a lot of clients. And this book is really all of those little nuances of basically the question like how would Jeff think about blah think about this oh that's a great question what um, would Jeff say what would Jeff do what would Jeff say how would Amazon approach this is Amazon going to enter this space I've gotten asked a variety of that question you know literally hundreds of times and so what I tried to do was just kind of create bite-sized actionable um, components of 
approach authentically from Amazon. But the thing I always like to point out to is, is the book's not about Amazon. The book's about you. And what are you as a leader, both as an organization and you personally willing to do differently to compete in the digital era? Right. And if there's one company that's just been amazing at really taking it all to another level and investing back into the customer experience, it's been Jeff Bezos and Amazon. And, 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 you know, I get asked a lot like, okay, John, you know, 50 and a half ideas, that's a lot. Like, what's the one thing? Well, the challenge with that question is it is a system of beliefs and approaches and techniques. It's a, it's a playbook, right? Think of like an NFL playbook, right? There's no one play you run all of the time. It depends on the circumstances. And right. so, and so sometimes with a dialogue, I can help somebody narrow down like, well, which ideas might be more appropriate for you? But it, it's not one simple thing that Amazon uh, does. And the other thing I like to point out is, um, you know, being an innovator, you know, sometimes people get lucky. Maybe they have a base hit, something like that. At Amazon, it's a system, right? Like, you know, every year in big ways and small ways, Amazon's going to continue to expand, offer new services. They are relentless about improving the customer experience and growing their business. And I think that that, that um, relentlessness towards, you know, getting to perfection and always inventing your future, I think is the one of the underpinnings of that organization and what we can take away from it as leaders. Right. I'm already thinking there's a, a part two out here in about three to five years where it's another 50 and a half ways because they are constantly innovating and reinventing themselves and pushing. And so before we get into you, some you of- You know, if I could comment on that sure. actually. So, you know, it's been a long time since I've left Amazon, right? I left late 2005. I'm always keeping in touch with people to be testing my understanding, testing my ideas. The organization has changed a thousand times since I've been there. <laughs> how, how they approach situations, how they work together, how they hold each other accountable, how they use data, it is literally the exact same playbook as we were running. And so the business will change, but how they go, what they believe in is leaders. Their system and their routine and they their have philosophy. A system and, a, and a routine. And, and they're willing to change that. So it has morphed some, but it's pretty consistent. And I think that's one of the strengths of the organization is they're very deliberate in how they approach their work. And that lets them scale while not becoming a big bureaucracy. All right. First big takeaway is it's the system. It's the philosophy. And they have more or less remained consistent since the very, very beginning. And sure, morphing a little bit, changing a little bit at but it's a little bit. It's not like, hey, let's go after the new flavor of the year or flavor of the month. It's, it's been consistent. I think that's really important. You know, um, and I've been talking about this with my team the last uh, few days. I just was at a program last week. Every quarter I go to a program called The Strategic Coach, and they talk about many different things. And a quote that I'd heard before, but it just made so much more sense to me the other day. I believe it comes from uh, Deming, where he said uh, 94% of what is wrong in a company is the process or the system. It's not the people. It's, I mean, obviously somebody that doesn't follow the system, they get, you know, that's a personal issue, but you can't blame somebody if the system's broken. Well, well let me, let me uh, um, double click into that exact concept. So 
a lot oh, of a good digital reference i might exactly, add exactly double exactly. click double click um <laughs> is it right or left double so click. you know most leaders would say you know if you ask them the question like is an innovation vital for your organization over the next five to ten years 90 percent of leaders would raise their hand if you ask that question right then ask them the question do you have a deliberate process for how you approach innovation how you vet ideas how you stage your investments, how you decide to scale, which ones you, you, you quit from and everything, nobody raises their hand, right? And so that, that think about the disconnect there, right? Yep. As leaders, we know we have to innovate, but yet we aren't willing to actually make a deliberate process out of it. That to me is like, if there's a, a, a big takeaway from Amazon is innovation is not an accident, right? I, I think Deming is the one who said like, um, um, you know, excellence is not an accident. We are our habits, right? And yep. so you really have to develop that that system of how do we um, continually change our business. Mm-hmm. It really, I mean, that that's great. So uh, just out of curiosity, before we jump into what's in the book, and I want to do that in just a moment, can you give us some insight as to what you think is big on the horizon because I know you still keep in touch with people yep. at Amazon. What is, are we really going to see drones dropping off packages? What as a consumer are we going to experience in the next couple of years that might be different than today? Yeah, I think, I think you will see drones uh, dropping off packages. It will be a fraction of uh, scenarios and, and maybe more for, for publicity than for real capabilities. Then more for show than for dough. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) You will continue to see though, that is just one of several ways that they are going to continue to invest and reinvent the delivery experience. And so last mile logistics is a very important um, area of innovation and investment for Amazon. I think you're also going to see them in many different ways, investing in healthcare, right? And so whether that's with their joint venture um, with JP Morgan Chase and Berkshire Hathaway uh, called Haven, how they're um, um, going to, I think, get into pharmacy, retail pharmacy, how all of their services are gonna be HIPAA compliant to serve supply chains there and everything. I think um, healthcare is gonna be a very uh, big yep. But But Amazon as the retailer, like they've always been oriented around three durable customer needs, right? Can't imagine a world where a customer wants higher prices, can't imagine a world where a customer wants less selection, can't imagine a world where a customer wants slower delivery. You're gonna see them continue to use those three um, durable customer needs in their business to guide most of their investments. I love that. So I'm writing these down because I don't want to forget. Really, I love it. Can't imagine a world that has uh, where things are sold at higher prices, uh, uh, smaller selection, and slower delivery. And, and always, like, I think having swim lanes like that, right, core beliefs about your customer and your brand that you're going to serve over the long time, Having guidance like that, then you can innovate and try lots of things within those swim lanes, some of which will work, some of which won't work, but try them small. But if they're all kind of in the same area over time, you will experience success. And even the quote unquote failures, you will learn something from and it will help guide the next investment. So uh, before we take a break and then come back to what's in the book, this is huge. This is 
this may be one of the most important things we've ever talked about, not just you and I, but I think one of the most important things of any episode of, of Amazing Business Radio with a guest. If every company could define as crystal clear as what Amazon has done to about their customers, like think about my customers. I can't imagine a world where my customers wouldn't fill in the blank. What are the three most important things? That they would want higher prices? Of course not. And by the way, Amazon's not obviously the highest price. They're not always the lowest price anymore. Not at all. And they are so confident that they'll say, there's another retailer in their marketplace that will sell it at a lower price. I think that's pretty amazing. That's how confident they are. Uh, you know, the smaller selection, you know what, who wants, oh, I don't want to see as many options. Well, sometimes I admit the confused mind doesn't buy, but still, uh, for what Amazon is representative of, I think that's powerful. And of course, slow delivery. Yeah, I'd like it in a week instead of tomorrow. Sure, that would make me happier. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. And, and that really ties into understanding your brand and your brand promise, right? And so those, those connections between your durable customer needs and your brand. And if you can have that type of clarity, it makes the journey of how do we continue to innovate that much easier. Great. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about specifically some of the best ideas in the book, Think Like Amazon, which, by the way, you can buy today on Amazon. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. We're coming right back. It's been said that you can't improve what you don't measure. And one of the most important areas to measure is the customer experience. My friends at Service Guru have an amazing solution that quickly allows your customers to rate their experience and more importantly, rate and review your employees. On average, their platform captures 50 times more valuable and actionable feedback about your staff and business because it's at the point of interaction before your customers ever leave. All types of businesses use Service Guru to measure and improve service, including restaurants, retail stores, doctors, dentists, and more. If you have customers and you want their feedback, go to www.serviceguru.com and tell them Chef sent you. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with John Rossman about the new book, Think Like Amazon. Now, before I get into the nuggets that are in the book with you, uh, I just have to wonder, this is the second book you've done on Amazon. The first one, uh, I believe, was uh, The Amazon Way, and that was a pretty cool book, too. A little shorter book, if I, I remember. That's right. Um, but... How does Amazon feel? Do you ever hear from anybody about, you know, do they like that you're writing these books about them? Obviously, they, there's nothing bad in the book, but right. how do no, they feel? I mean, if, if you read them, they are a huge compliment to Amazon. And so I don't hear anything officially, but every week I hear from employees or recruits about how, how Think Like Amazon has helped them um, in their job or preparing for interviews. I've heard from the executive team at Amazon that they like the books and they've referred me to media and documentaries that are being done about Amazon and Jeff because they trust me to, um, to, to represent fairly like the reality of Amazon, how they go about the work, their culture, the highs and lows um, of the organization. And so while I don't get an official endorsement, um, I absolutely get, uh, get, you know, uh, recommendations within the organization. Wow. Well, I think when a TV show or a, a, a 
somebody that is doing a movie or a documentary on Amazon calls you and says, uh, somebody on the leadership team at Amazon referred us to you. I mean, I don't think it gets better than that. So congratulations. It really doesn't. Those, those have been some real highlights. And I've actually been retained by a couple of their leadership teams to come in and talk to their teams about um, Amazon uh, because the organization has grown so fast. They realize that keeping that culture, spreading that culture is so important. So th that's been a highlight too, is getting to go in and do a couple of keynotes. Too. Wow. Congratulations. Keynotes. That's, that's fantastic. All right. Let's get into the book uh, because I want to get some nuggets in this and I want people to, to, to hear this show and say, I've got to get this book. So uh, here's one. Uh, it's and it's out of the 50 and a half. And by the way, I like the 50 and a half. Everybody's going, what's the half? Do we start with a half or end with a half? Let's end with the half. Okay, we'll end with the half. Um, move forward to get back to day one. Change the culture of the status quo. Let's talk about that one because I think uh, the audience would love to hear this. And it's important that you're constantly changing to get back to where you used to be. In, in really, you know, in working, I've, I've worked with a lot of organizations, some healthy, some not healthy. The ones that have really digested that we have to change are the best clients. The hardest clients I have are successful clients who say they want to change, but they don't really want to change, right? And so this, this idea, this chapter is really about change starts with admitting, are we, are we truly growing? Are we truly innovating? Are we truly building for the future? Some organizations can say yes to this. A lot of organizations can, can't. And so then if you really are honest with yourself of admitting like, who are we? What are we? Then you can start moving forward. And there's a couple of, of kind of nuggets in there about a day one company versus a day two company, right? And a day one company is one that's leaning forward, excited about inventing the future, is not trying to optimize for short-term results, especially financial results. Day two companies are kind of the flip of that. They're trying to optimize for today. They're mostly motivated in keeping the status quo and optimizing for short-term results. So then the question is, well, if I am a day two company, what are a couple of things that I can, that I can do, right? And, and these lead into some of the other ideas, but in the chapter I outline, you know, Building true customer obsession is a great way to be challenging yourself. Right, and that's the next one I want to talk about. Before yep. we get into that, I want to make sure. So we all get into a company. I'm an entrepreneur. You are now as well. But companies start with this idea, this passion, this uh, mission. mission, if you will. And I think they all want to stay true to that, but somehow they veer off of it. Part of it is because life changes, things happen. But if the mission was done right in the first place and created you always need to come back to it, just maybe in an innovative way. And I think that's part of what you're saying here. And it's, it's natural over time, the financial results become the biggest thing in the organization. And at Amazon, financial results are just one of the ways that, mm -hmm. they, guide the that they guide the organization, right? And I yeah. think that that's what I've seen in so many boards and executive teams is the mission becomes optimizing financial results. And over the short term, that can work. But if you are in, an, in a disruptive industry over the long term, that tends to, sh to, to cut off the blood supply, the oxygen, to new growth. Right. And so you know, spot on. So this 
perfectly segues into the very next idea of the book. And obviously, we're not going to go through 50 of them, but, uh, you know, to be customer obsessed. And this is one of the things you just mentioned, numbers get big. If all Amazon was interested in was the numbers, they would have made a whole lot more money than they're making today. I don't think they would actually strike that. They probably wouldn't be. But in the beginning, they definitely would. Because I think what makes them the money today is the volume of customers that they have that love what they do, have confidence what they do. And that's because they're taking a lot of that profit, putting it back into the company because they're customer obsessed, which ties into the next big time. And they're, and they're thinking long term, right? Right. So they're not trying to optimize for short term results. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's what money's about, optimizing for short term. Well, and, and really like the connection between customer obsession and financial results is the, 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 the point of, are we trying to optimize for this order or this transaction, or are we trying to optimize for the lifetime value of a customer? And so one of the ways to build true customer obsession and to help understand the, the long-term financial impact are methodologies around customer lifetime value. And what that does is it just helps build a lens to understand that instead of trying to optimize for today's order, today's transaction, let's build a relationship and optimize for the lifetime value of this customer, this segment. They, they, they sound similar, but they lead to very different results. Yep. I had uh, the chairman and founder of Edible Arrangements there. Instead of buying flowers, you buy fruit in a, in a, it looks like a bouquet. Yep. And one of his quotes was, and this is what I mean by if all you are is focused on the money at short term. He says, if you focus on the, on the money, you might get a customer to buy. But if you focus on the customer, they'll usually buy. In other words, the likelihood of them being a customer becomes much longer when you're focused on them rather than you use the word transaction. Right. Yep. And, so, and they'll usually buy again and again, and they'll usually refer you to others, right? And so right. Um, Amazon's first leadership principle is about customer obsession. It's just one of 14 leadership principles, though, but it's, it's the first, and, and, and um, it's the first among equals, and it's probably the most famous. And I think the, the key word in that is the word obsessed, right? If you're customer focused or mildly interested in your customers, there's a big difference between that and being obsessed, right? When you're obsessed, you're willing to do hard things on behalf of your customer. And Amazon really uses that term obsessed to purposefully say, we are willing to innovate. We are willing to do really hard things to improve the customer experience. And the way they view the customer experience is bigger than just your product or your service, right? And so one of the tricks is understand your customer, the day in a life of a customer bigger than just your product and service, and always be asking yourself the question, what's the worst day that my customer has and how could I help them with that? Which is a different way to look at it than what's the typical day or what's a good day mm -hmm. for my customer. And if you can build that type of empathy for my, my customer's worst day and the role that I can play in it, you will be thinking more about your customer and it will lead you over time to innovative ideas. Right. That's brilliant. Uh, you know, I talk a lot about convenience and friction. And uh, just this past weekend, I was with a gentleman and actually will probably uh, bring him on the show at some point. I know I'm writing articles about his company. He, he gave me a quote and he said uh, I, he had an area that was he was trying to resolve a friction point in his personal life, which actually 
had to do with his business. Um, but he says, if you find the friction in your life and then you solve for it, you'll potentially be solving it for others. Hmm. And so for his business, he found a friction point. He said, wow, I bet other people have this friction point too. It's not necessarily their worst day, but I like your idea of let's go to the very far extreme, the worst day, what can we do to make it better? And you know what we're gonna do to make it better? We're gonna come back, we're gonna talk about, because you use the word innovation, we're gonna talk about innovation and how Amazon does that, how we could be thinking about it, but let's first take a quick break. We're coming right back, don't go away. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So, what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So, if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We are back talking with John Rossman. Again, the book is Think Like Amazon, available on Amazon today or anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year because that's how Amazon rolls all of the time, totally accessible. That's one of the friction points that they eliminated when they came up with this idea of let's create the greatest online business, uh, retail business, and that's what they did. And they become much more than that. But let's talk about innovation, uh, get at least a couple more ideas in here. Uh, uh, idea number 14, which is on page 63 of the book. By the way, there's, I don't know how many, I've got the book here in my hand. There's over 300 pages in the book. What, uh, games for innovation. So this is a fun way to get everybody to think about innovation. Yeah, and so, you know, the, the point I'm making this is that, you know, Amazon has a vast patent um, portfolio just in supply chain. They've been averaging over 80 patents a year. Guess what the reward is for an employee at Amazon if you are, a named inventor if your name is on one of the patents the, uh, the reward is I'm a, you get a five dollar piece of acrylic plastic that's like a puzzle piece that says you're an amazon inventor and on the phone tool at amazon you get a little icon that notes that you are an amazon inventor but it is such a source of internal pride for people at Amazon to be on a patent. It's just one of the little ways that they incent and they've gamified being an innovator, creating change, right? And so not many businesses really have the, the game to be in patents, but all of us can figure out ways to, in, in meaningful ways, recognize when people are actually thinking about problems in a new way, taking action on them, systematically approaching, making improvement. And if you do that consistently over time and authentically where they really have made a difference, that's what you're starting to build that culture of innovation. Right. Now, I don't really follow uh, college football all that much, but one day uh, I noticed that the helmets of the players, and the only reason is I went to University of Missouri, but um, you know, and when they're, well, by the way, when they're playing well, I'm really into it. <laughs> so uh, fair weather fan on the college football team. But I noticed they have these little, uh, you know, these players have little stickers on their helmets and 
those stickers, they're just stickers, but they're a huge badge of honor. And that's what we're saying here, same thing. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to be some source of recognition. And, and, and they have to be real. Like it has to be a real play that you made, right? They can't mm-hmm. just like, well, he deserves one. He's been around for a while. So he gets one. No, they actually do something, right? And so people are willing to fight for it. You know, it's not just going to come to you easily. And that's, that's the type of game that you can create. You know, another popular one that you hear in technology circles is this idea of hackathons, right? Well, really, that's just a way of, hey, put the work of the day aside. A hackathon? Is that a what hackathon, you're... right. A yeah. hackathon. A hackathon. H-A-C-K, well, we like, you know, a, a hack. Then we get yeah, something we're going to hack together a little yeah. solution. Well, I love it. That's a technology tool, but you can do that for business processes and for just ideation and everything, which is, Let's come together and just hack what we might do in the future, right? And so there's lots of different ways that you can, in lightweight ways, create this culture and always creating the mindset you should be thinking about how you're doing something and how you would make it better. Yep, yep. All right, uh, before we wrap up, I want, let's do one more tip from the Perfect. book. Now, now, this isn't my one thing question. This is, let's get a good nugget in here. Yeah, so I think um, let's talk about idea number 22, which is Relentless.com. So, um, Relentless.com. Relentless.com. So if you go to Relentless.com, it actually resolves to Amazon, right? It was one of the early names that Bezos considered for Amazon, but he keeps that domain alive as a message to the organization, which is we are going to be relentless about getting to perfection, right? Uh, especially for those things that impact our customers. And so the, the, the concept is, is that operational excellence, like statistical process control, black belts, um, uh, all of those metrics that drive for operational excellence, those also feed into innovation. Bezos has said that over 90% of all Amazon innovations have come from operational excellence. I think what a lot of us envision is that innovation is this, you know, lightning bolt idea that comes down. Most innovation comes from the hard work we do every day. It's like going to the sweaty gym, right? You got to put in the time in the gym, striving to make something perfect, using data, using customer obsession. If you do that consistently over time, you won't be able to help yourself, but to have ideas for how we actually innovate on a bigger basis. Right. So operational excellence is the feeding ground to drive innovation. Right. It's relentless. It's nonstop. And by the way, so many companies, wow, they're amazing. They're, you know, they're the best at what they do or they appear to be that. They didn't get there in the beginning. It right. started, you know, um, I watched yesterday, I watched a, a golf tournament on TV and I go, wow, those guys are great. They look like they're having fun. Well, is hitting a thousand balls a day every day of your waking life pretty much is that fun no that's practice that's that relentless pursuit of the excellence that got them to sunday afternoon tv the same as amazon's got to the point where they are. experts make it look easy but it's only because they put in all the effort in practice and skill yeah. development and they were relentless about improving their game right and that's that's the point here which is operational excellence both helps you deliver better results today, but it also feeds into your innovation. Amen to that. All right, we're down to the final question. The one thing question, what's one thing you want to leave our audience with today, John? Well, it really kind of gets to the to the half idea in the book, which is, you know, I think so many leaders think of digital transformation and innovation as like 
something that needs to happen in the organization. And, and while that's true, it's also about personal change. And so while I present in Think Like Amazon 50 real, authentic, actionable ideas for how to make innovation um, happen in your company, the question we have to turn back to is, what am I personally willing to do differently? And so change happens when leaders are willing to challenge their own personal status quo, right? Like you said, like change that personal point of friction, learn a new skill, ask different questions, spend your time someplace differently, dive deeper into real conversations about innovation. Don't expect it to just happen around you. And those are the best leaders I work with are those that are willing to like put, challenge their own reality and the habits they've built and add some new skills to their game. Yeah, and I'll add to that, you need to be so aware of what you're doing and the effort that you're making that you pick up on that innovation. You don't want it to, you, you don't want to drive by it without noticing it. So you're, I mean, you read a book like this and you get deep into it and you get to that final point where you're pushing yourself as you just talked about this half, the, this is the half of the 50 and a half ideas. Uh, just as you're working on it, don't be so, don't have blinders on. Be open because you're gonna see uh, what I call strategic byproducts coming at you that you didn't think you'd ever see before but you're only there because of where you are and the effort you're making now. John Rossman, thanks for being on, or actually thanks for being back on the show. Appreciate you coming back. Can't wait for the next book. A lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Awesome. The book again, it's called Think Like Amazon and you can get it today at Amazon. So we are done with another great episode of Amazing Business Radio. Another great interview. Thank you again, John Rossman. And until next week, where we have another one, please remember this, always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.